Welcome to Packed with Pearson, a podcast bringing you insights and thought leadership in vertically integrated packaging solutions across a wide range of industries. Hello and welcome to Packed with Pearson. I'm your host, James Kent. One thing customers and OEMs need with their packing solutions is a partner who can provide timely, successful, and cost-effective service and uptime support. So how does Pearson do it? Today, we're going to find out and to help us unravel all the secrets to great service and support are my two guests, Pearson Packaging Systems' Rolando Pena, Director of Customer Service, and Brian Patrick, Vice President of Engineering. Rolando and Brian, welcome to the show. How are you both doing today? Good, James. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Doing great. Thanks for inviting us. I'm excited to speak with you both today because when it comes to any system, and in this case, packaging systems, you want to have a great product in place. That's essential, right? But the best built system in the world is nothing without the technical support and customer service backing it. So let's dive in and discuss Pearson's approach to that service. What does that look like from both a customer perspective and an OEM perspective? Sure. So, you know, James, from a from a customer perspective, one of, you know, one of the most important, a couple of mo- most important things that they're looking for is quick response in, in, in some flexible service, right? So uh, from a Pearson perspective, those are a couple of approaches and things that we want to be able to provide our customers is, is that response time, um, whether it's three o'clock in the morning or whether it's at five o'clock on Friday afternoon, um, and, and be able to uh, provide them the flexibility of whether it's a, uh, a particular type of skill set uh, and or uh, whether it's a documentation of some sort. Uh, from the OEM side, uh, we're looking to be able to give our customers more capacity from our service teams. How do we, how do we uh, like Rolando said, how do we make that happen faster? We want to be able to get the experts connected very quickly and you know, what are we doing to be able to you know, shrink that gap down so that we can all be on the same page, all heading towards the solution uh, it, as quickly as possible. For technical support, how do you handle that in the field? And then how do you handle that remotely? And then sort of a follow-up on that is what types of remote support options are available for customers and OEMs? Good question. Currently with Pearson, we have a, a tech support team uh, that's available 24-7 to, to our customers. Uh, so we utilize those resources uh, in order to help either with our own service techs in the field when, when doing installations, commissioning, but as well with our customers, right? Making sure that uh, they have the ability to reach out to these uh, individuals, these resources, which in turn, they have additional resources that they could use as well in being able to do that for our customers. And some of the tools that we use for tech support, we have several, right? So uh, a recent one that we've added to to the toolbox is uh, Vuforia Chalk, which is a tool that allows us to connect directly with a customer on the phone uh, while they're on the shop floor and be able to look at what they're looking at, uh, be able to make notations uh, directly to the phone uh, and be able to capture uh, what they're looking at and be able to guide them to, to what they need. And then we also uh, use Ewan connection, which is able to, to directly connect to the customer's machine uh, and make any ladder logic changes uh, if needed on the fly. 
And then as well, your traditional tech support, which is over the phone, working with their operators or maintenance people over the phone if they don't have those app capabilities and just kind of work with them through that. Yeah, I think our use of industrial routers uh, gives us a, you know, kind of an expanded support here. Uh, everything that Rolando listed uh, is what we do. And uh, it's given us the ability to to even further this. Uh, we can put cameras inside of systems. We can uh, watch alongside their operators. We can actually provide 24-hour support this way uh, because we're able to record back to DVR. Also, having the industrial routers gives us access to our sensors in real time, as well as being able to see the screens as the operators see them. So we can, it's almost like as looking over their shoulders. Very cool. So when diagnosing issues and hopefully solving customer issues remotely, what types of problems generally are you able to solve without needing to go on site? I think, you know, for the most part, uh, a lot of the, the issues that we're able to kind of combat through remote support, tech support, uh, really comes down to, you know, operator uh, adjustments on machines and things of that nature. Every so often we'll come across a, a little bit of a bigger issue, uh, a little bit of a bigger problem. But with the with the tools that we have, sometimes we're able to kind of uh, easily uh, rectify those issues, uh, whether it's, you know, again, through the E1 or through the our Euphoria Chalk app. But, you know, I think what's also important from a tech support perspective when we're not able to solve those issues, it allows us the ability to kind of gather the intel on what's going on in the field. And then that allows us in turn to make an intelligent decision on how and who we want to send out in the field. We have a lot of different resources, a lot of different skills, and being able to uh, take that initial step through tech support. And then uh, if we're not able to solve the issue through that, then ultimately gather that intel make an intelligent decision on who we're going to send uh, and how quickly and whether or not we need to uh, gather up components and parts and things of that nature as well. Yeah, I think uh, additionally to that, you know, one of the things that we can solve that we probably weren't in the past is because we have this connection now, we can see our programs, you know, as, as they're running in the field, you know, in process. And because we're connected to the machine data now, we don't have to wait for somebody to be on site. So, um, we've even gone as far as being able to provide um, software updates and solutions that we wouldn't have been able to do in the past until we got to site. Oh, that's great. So then what, what might be some of the other benefits to remote service for your customers? And what, if any, uh, are the limitations? Well, there's several benefits in, in, in one of them being cost effective, right? So, you know, as we're going through this time period of more remote support of the industry is really coming around to understanding that there is benefit and things can be solved through remote support. Uh, and the number one, the number one thing that I think comes across is, is cost, cost effective. Uh, it's free, right? So, so it does not cost our customers anything to reach out to us and call us and, and, and utilize these tools along with us. If we're able to res resolve that issue, then ultimately it costs them nothing. Time is the other, right? So if, we're, if we can do it uh, remotely, time, it, it's, it's valuable, right? So customers lose thousands of dollars a minute, some of them an hour, uh, whatever the case may be. Ultimately, if we're able to resolve it within an hour or two, uh, remote support-wise, they, they save uh, thousands of dollars in that fashion as well. Saving money, it's, uh, that's, that's, that's the name of the game. 
Yeah, I think the technology has definitely come at different levels of support. Uh, to Rolando's point, we uh, being able to use the phone and be able to use Vuforia Chalk and some of these things that are happening over the cellular network it essentially is, is free and it's real time. We can get more advanced when we connect to the industrial routers. And the limitation there is whether customers are understanding and willing to be able to work with us and with their IT teams and say, yes, we understand what's here. We understand how secure this is. We understand we want this setup to be put in place. By working with us, uh, we can overcome that limitation. Uh, but that is that is probably the one big, biggest single thing out there that, that yeah. uh, we tend to work through as much as we possibly can up front. For this type of remote service, do customers need to do anything specific to help with the process? Is there any technology they need in place for this? Give me the rundown of what customers need to be successful here. It's it's quite simple, actually. So uh, when when a customer calls and, and we ask them to connect with us on, on Vifloria Chalk, which is an app that we use to connect, it's really a one, two, three kind of step. Uh, they go to their app. Uh, application on their phone, they download it, and then we're able to send them a code that says just enter this code into the login, and boom, we're we're connected. So from that perspective, it's pretty easy. You know, some of the struggles that customers have today is is security. So when it comes mm-hmm. to the, as Brian was mentioning, the Ewan connections, things that we can do uh, remotely, uh, ladder logic wise. Some customers have hesitation security wise and we get it and we understand that. And, you know, I think that's something that uh, from an educational standpoint, as we continue through the process of more remote support for customers, uh, the industry is kind of gravitating to it a little bit more. Uh, I think those kinds of things will start to kind of work themselves out. But other than that, that's it. Uh, you, you could call us via the phone. Uh, we'll work with you that way. You can work with us on the on, on the app or through the E1, and, and it really all is it's a one two three kind of step. Rolando's doing such a great job here. I don't know if there's anything left to say on that, Brian. But uh, do you got anything else? Certainly, uh, most of the world is using phones today, and so because we have technologies that are already riding on top of the phones, and we can we can very simply deploy them. Uh, most customers will probably choose that route. Uh, for those that do want to be able to um, you know, get further support out of the system, deeper support from us for us to be able to see the machines in action kind of thing. Um, the only thing that we ask is to be able to have a connection to the internet. Uh, and, and we work with them ahead of time. Uh, we reach out to them, we explain kind of what we need so that we can pre-program the, the industrial routers that we use uh, and explain to them that these routers are outbound connections only, right? We can sit with their IT teams and, and they, can, they can feel safe and understand kind of what this technology is uh, and that this is across a, a virtual private network that uh, has no connection to anything other than uh, themselves and us. Are there any tips or recommendations you can make to customers with any situations, barriers that you typically may encounter that, let's say, they can take a proactive approach to eliminating or reducing some of the things that come up that do require remote assistance? Yeah, I, I think, you know, Almost in, in, in any type of machinery, the, the, the number one tip is maintaining the equipment, performing the preventative maintenance uh, duties. That will certainly kind of eliminate and help. The other is training. Training is a, is a big component of ensuring that the machines are running correctly. And, and so I encourage uh, our customers, if, if they haven't or if we haven't reached out to them already, to reach out to us 
so that we can help with the training and also the preventative maintenance. I mean, those those two items really do help when when you know what you're doing and and, and you're doing it on a routine type basis. Uh, that equipment runs pretty flawlessly. But again, we're always here tech support wise. So now, Brian, do our customers aware of the training? We make sure that up front, we're trying to have all these conversations with the customer prior to the point of sale. And um, one of the things that we're, we're also trying to promote at that point is that the technology is here not only just to help them from a time of need when a machine goes down, uh, but we're looking with the technology that we're deploying, we're looking to try to even you know gather data from the machines to be proactive about this. Uh, you know, Rolando was mentioning you know, that predictive service type thing to make sure that they're doing their preventative maintenance. Uh, we're also looking at the data that resides inside the PLC when the technology is connected to look for trends to say um, something doesn't look like it should from the FAT. Um, so we're comparing data from snapshots from time and time to be able to help them predict when they might need something and try to be ahead of it uh, to avoid the downtimes. With the pandemic during the past year, I imagine remote support has been very helpful to customers. Uh, with virtual support now an advantage for customers, what's next? How do you see Pearson strengthening, enhancing the experience down the road? Well, you know, good question, James. And, and I think what's important is I don't think we've come as far as we have, we should have already when it comes to virtual support. I think there's still some customers hesitating out there. And, and I think what's important for us to do is educate them. Hmm. educating them on, on the benefits. And, and I, I think this podcast is obviously uh, going to, to help. You know, customers, as Brian was mentioning as well, that security, right? So they feel that security is a risk when, when they're doing virtual support. And I think it's just a matter of educating and, and, and really understanding, uh, number one, the benefits and, and the low risk that comes along with doing this. And once we start seeing a, a little bit more of a trend and, and really kind of things catching on a little bit more, then I think what, we're, what we'll see is technology kind of evolving uh, more and, and we'll start taking the next step as we have been and really kind of just uh, hopefully evolving with tech support more in that fashion. To, to the point of, you know, Rolando is saying as we experience this more, the customers experience this more and they're more willing to use it and want to be involved in it. I think there's an evolution here. Today, we can start with being able to see the machines and being able to do some, you know, remote troubleshooting, um, things like that. And what we're looking to do is, is even provide further support as, as, they're, as they're bringing technologies in their plant to be able to um, do things, we can provide them kind of a more immersive experience uh, to the point where we can virtually show them how to make adjustments uh, rather than just tell them. We can be able to show them what their machine and and have us interact virtually with it to to per, you know to be able to walk them through the actual physical steps with somebody who is an expert on our end. Very good. Now, as we wrap up today, any concluding thoughts you'd like to make? on Pearson's service and support offerings. Is there anything else customers and OEMs should know or you'd like to say before we go? A couple of things is one, you know, I encourage our customers to reach out to us. I think uh, we offer a lot more than maybe some of them know. And I think tech support wise, I'll say it again, it's free, right? So call us, use it. It's really beneficial and cost effective. And the other is, is we have flexibility, right? So we're flexible with our customers. 
we understand that sometimes uh, in order to get a purchase order out to us, sometimes it's difficult uh, and we're flexible. We can work around that. And, and the, the number one thing that we want to do is make sure that we're responsive. We're there when they need us. And we, we can certainly be on site as quickly as possible uh, and or provide them tech support as quickly as possible. Uh, I would add that the, the, the use of all this technology uh, is not only helping them, it's helping us as well. Um, mm. Being able to have the feedback with them, probably even have further feedback with larger teams in real time, uh, allows us to take back data and even, even in the future, make our machines better. Um, so we're not only just solving the problem at that point in time, we're, we're actually able to collect more data than we've ever been able to collect before, uh, which then turns around and allows us to make better product. Rolando and Brian, this has been a fantastic time, and I really appreciate all your insights and information today. If folks are interested in learning more about Pearson and what they're up to or have any other questions they'd like answered uh, about service, uh, what's the best place for them to go? How should they reach out? So they can uh, obviously go to our website or they can just call 1-800-PEARSON and uh, 1-800-PEARSON will certainly get them to tech support if they need it uh, or, or anything else for that matter. Perfect. My guests today have been Rolando Pena, Pearson's Director of Customer Service and Brian Patrick, Pearson's Vice President of Engineering. Rolando and Brian, thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks, James. Thanks for having us. And thank you for tuning in to Packed with Pearson. If you liked what you heard, make sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can catch up on all the great Pearson content with past shows, blogs, and more. And we'll have more episodes of the show coming your way, so be on the lookout for those. On behalf of Pearson Packaging Systems, I'm your host, James Kent. Let's talk again soon.